windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Friday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. Another great edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. Get you set for the weekend. We'll recap last night's dismantling of the Western Carolina Catamounts by UKSU's basketball. We'll also preview their contest at UNCG Saturday. We'll preview the men's senior day game versus Western Carolina. That's at Freedom Hall. And bold predictions. And also, I've spent some time. Me and uh, uh, Kevin Brown really spent... A lot of time over the last couple of days breaking down all the scenarios that could be for seedings across the board, including the dreaded four-way tie, which can happen, Mike Gallagher. I told you it was a possibility, and now it seems like it is a great chance that that could happen. I want to make sure that everyone understands the amount of work that went into getting these tiebreakers. There was an initial attempt that involved lots of emotions being spread throughout the office. There was a there lot were some of, words exchanged. There were words probably... exchanged. It was fiery. It, it was an epic display of back and forth uh, on this tiebreak. And then last night, it's about 9, 9.30, and God bless you and Kevin Brown. It seems like you never sleep a wink. It seems like you, you never stop working. It's about 9, 9.30 doing my post-game show, and you're going back and forth on the text saying, all right, I think we got it. I think we figured it out. And I kind of, of course, muddled through it on the post-game show as I'm trying to read it while talking, and clearly I'm not going to multitasking. But I think that you have figured it out if you'd like to share. Yeah, and uh, I, here's the question. Does it deserve its own segment? Because this could <laughs> literally – Here's what I, and, and I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it out there because we can uh, – th- this could take We can a wait till the preview if you want. Uh, well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, the, let's uh, – what's fresh on our mind, let's, let's, let's do a recap to open. Okay. Then let's do segment two, previews of each, and segment three will be a full seating breakdown, gotcha. men's and women's, because there's some other things not involving uh, ETSU, which which can affect who teams play in the first round. I, I just uh, I think once I start down this trek, it's just going to be a rabbit hole we're not going to get out of. Give us a good chance to hear from Brittany Azell after the win last night. I didn't think that we played great, but I thought that we played really hard and we played very focused and, and we knew uh, the things that we had to do to be successful. And I, I'm happy for them to not only get the monkey off their back on a road win, but to be able to do it in, in that fashion and, and to be able to do it when it matters the most, when you're, you're going down the stretch leading into the tournament. And it's like I told him a shoot-around this morning. I said, guess what, guys? Conference tournament's not in, Brook, not in Brooks Gym. we got we got to figure this out. And uh, I thought they responded extremely well today. Certainly responded extremely well. From really the get-go, it wasn't much of a challenge. Uh, Western Carolina came out, and they did get 11 points in the early stages, but then went on a long scoreless drought, much like Sanford did, about five or so minutes. ETSU, a 13 nothing run, took a 10-point lead in the second quarter. Middle quarters, just like against Sanford, only 17 points for Sanford on Saturday, 18 for Western Carolina on Thursday. Then in the fourth quarter, put it away, extended the lead, made it a 31-point win, tied for their biggest this year, beat Appalachian State by 31 as well. And, and we talked a little bit yesterday, and I just felt like the start of the game was going to be important. I, I just Western Carolina clearly had sort of a circled the calendar and thought, you know, again, it was their, their best chance for a win. They felt like they were robbed. You could see all the – the, the emotions and some of the comments that they were really uh, looking forward to this contest. And I thought it was important for ETSU to come out in the first quarter, and not even that, the first three, four minutes, and just kind of maybe make a statement. Uh, and then by the end of the first quarter, you know, if, if they could have a lead, and, and not only that, they had a, a, a double-digit lead. And mm-hmm. I thought that right there was enough. And I know Western came back in second quarter and fought a little bit, but I felt like that opening quarter was going to set the tone for the entire game for women's basketball. Uh, and, and would 
you know, and as they started to get the lead, because again, you're oh and whatever, uh, twelve or what, and, and it's different if you're over on the road. It's a lot different if you're over period. And I think that you could just sort of get the feeling again. I, I didn't watch any of it. I was just listening to you and just got the feeling that as the game progressed, Western Carolina's belief just dwindled and, you know, and ETSU really just broke their spirit. Really something that helped set the tone. You look at the post players, they didn't have necessarily spectacular individual numbers, but all together with the work they did specifically on the offensive glass really helped change the tone of that game after those first few minutes. Alexis Spears did end up with double figures, 10 points and four rebounds. Brittany Snowden came in with eight points or more in the last seven games, averaging 15 per game over the last four. Only had six, but also six rebounds. And ETSU... Ended up hitting the offensive glass for 13 boards, and they turned that into uh, 19 second-chance points to just six for Western Carolina. And Brittany Azell certainly thought and agreed with our sentiment that the bigs helped set the tone. I wouldn't want to see them coming, and they come in waves. You know, you, you think you're getting a breather when Brittany goes out, and, no, oh, here comes Lexus. And then you think you're getting a breather, and then Raven comes in, who, who's physical. And then you think you're getting a breather, and then here comes Sadeja, who runs like a gazelle. So, you know, it, it's a really dynamic post group. We're going to be really sad when they leave, and it's going to leave a lot of big shoes to, to fill. But um, they're doing what seniors should do, what upperclassmen should do, and that's dominate the ball game starting inside out. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled with them. Really, even though that first half the Bucks shot just 38%, those second-chance points helped make up for some of that. And then in the second half, a really impressive shooting display, 64%. Micah Sheets goes over 20 again, third time this year after coming into this year. Her career high was just 19 in her first year at UAB before transferring. Erica Haynes-Overton, another stat-stuffing performance, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. And then Spears gets to double figures late. I, I thought uh, an interesting stat uh, – 18 turnovers for ETSU, but Western Carolina could only muster up three points off turnovers. Points in a paint was an advantage. Last time I thought clearly it would be this time it was again, um, 40 to 22. But I really thought that the turnovers, which ETSU is great at usually doing the opposite, they forced 23 turnovers, got 16 points off turnovers. Uh, you know, you start looking at a turnover number and uh, you're just sitting there going, man, you know, you could see how Western, especially at home, could build off that. And for whatever reason, didn't it seem like, uh, again, you were there. If ETSU did turn it over, make a mistake, they certainly were able to get back defensively and, and not let uh, Western Carolina take advantage. I think that some of the thing that helps that is the way that and, – and you can maybe – you have a counterpoint on this to say that Erica Haynes-Overton some kind, sometimes gets out of control when she's going to get the ball back after turning it over, but she is so tenacious and fierce trying to get the ball back after turning it over, and there were a number of times last night where, because she did have a span where in like eight or ten minutes, it was about five or six turnovers that Erica had. But she would get back on her horse, run back the other way, and stop the ball and make sure that she was not letting easy points come off of that. And I think the rest of the team feeds off her hustle, her energy. And again, even though sometimes that can lead to fouls, you got to take the good with the bad because Erica Haynes-Overton is that player that doesn't want to have her mistakes hurt the team. And I think everyone sees the effort that she gives getting back to stop the ball, even if she is the one to give it away. Yeah, and I think that at least is the fun part uh, to watch just how hard that Erica plays and if there is a mistake it's not a sulk you know we've all seen that player right that turns it over head down doesn't hustle back looks to the bench complain I mean if there's anything and and you could certainly critique her game on certain areas where you wish uh, she would take care of the the ball a little better do this but you know if you're going to make a mistake right you make it at at 100 percent and then you don't let that mistake kind of rule your day because she does go back and uh, is and has a knack for actually you know giving the ball up and getting a steal right back. But I think that is infectious for a team to see your leader do that. I think then that tells the rest of the team, I better get back as well if it's not just her turnover, but if you make a turnover as well. 23 turnovers, the most the Bucks have forced in conference play, and that led to 16 points off turnovers. That's 16 to 3 disparity. Really just part of the overall disparity on the hustle board and in the tertiary stats that led to ETSU running away from Western Carolina late. 31 their biggest lead, 31 the margin of victory. Now head coach Brittany Izzell knows that while it's a quick turnaround, there's some big days ahead. What can I control? I control how hard I coach my 
team. I can control preparing them, and, and we just have to win. It doesn't matter. You're going to get seated where you get seated. We'd love to be a two-seed, three-seed, four-seed. It doesn't matter. We're in the tournament, and I think we're capable of beating anybody in the league uh, night in and night out. So let's get in the tournament. Let's figure it out. But uh, my job right now is to continue to coach my team, and, and I think our staff is doing a great job of prepping them. Our support staff has been phenomenal. So while the season will come down to the tournament, as it always does for Southern Conference teams, trying to take it one day at a time, get that quote-unquote 1% better as you lead up to Thursday's opener, March 7th down in Asheville. Don't know who it's going to be against, and that leads into our seeding conversation that we'll have a little bit later. Yeah, and uh, you can't get too far down the road because, again, once we once I start this, I was going to make comments about that in another game, but then again, you know what, why don't we do it next break? Well, okay. why don't we just come, we'll just take a break, we'll come back, we'll talk about all the seeding, then we'll do the preview after that, and then if I'm wrong, uh, maybe I'll get uh, Kevin Brown to walk in here. So if I'm wrong, we won't give him a mic, but he can just yell at me from across the way because he's good at yelling. Well, and and we've 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 gone back and forth on this, but I, I do believe we've we've double checked, we've triple checked, we've gone through all of this to figure it out. So I feel pretty confident. A multi-day well, I'm tell experience you, here. I this think is what's that we've happen. got the hours behind it. All right, well, we're going to take a timeout when we come back. All the seedings for we'll start with the women, then we'll go to the men right after this timeout from the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply. Like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying too. Like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Make your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sanders and the sidekick back with you, and we're going to do the previews of Saturday's games coming up in just a second. All right, Mike, I'm going to give you a headache here. I mean, for those of you trying to figure this out, and it's just me. I do not envy this task that you had, by the way. I mean, this is one of those that you can really 
get into, and it can drive you kind of crazy, right? Like the very little details. Well, and and uh, and of course, I kept saying, and, and part of the argument was, I was like, you know, there could be a four way tie, and I mean, people were just, I mean, it, it was, uh, there was a lot of yelling because there's like, there's no way, there's no way, and it yeah. is a little bit far fetched. I will have to admit, but possible. It certainly is. Now you would need Western Carolina, who has not won a conference game all year, to beat Chattanooga, which is the most unlikely. You would need ETSU to win on the road at UNCG. Likely. You would need Wofford to go on the road and beat an undefeated Mercer team. Very unlikely. And then Furman to win at Sanford. So Furman and ETSU have the best chances. I take that back. Western has the best chance because they're playing a team that won a game all year. Right. Or uh, Chattanooga. So Chattanooga has the best chance, honestly. And then you're probably talking about ETSU Furman and Wofford, probably the, the, the least likely. So in the event that there is a four-way, which means ETSU would beat UNCG, that means Wofford would beat uh, Mercer, Furman would lose to Sanford, and Western Carolina would upset Chattanooga, there would be a four-way tie. And to break that, you have to take everybody's record versus one another. They all would split and go three and three. Everybody beat everybody once and lost once. The next thing would be the next highest-seeded team uh, would would actually be the high seed team, which is Mercer. They're undefeated, clearly right. breaks that. Yep. The next one is going to be Sanford. And Sanford, Chattanooga went 2-0 and versus Sanford. Mm-hmm. So that would put Sanford in this scenario where, again, each issue would beat UNCG. Right now they're tied in standings, but that would knock UNCG down. I'm saying Sanford would win, so that's how that works if you're somehow trying to follow along and look at standings with me. So that would break that tie. Then you got to go back and go, okay, who did what against what? Well, then everybody still between Furman, Wofford, ETSU, they still split amongst one another. It actually comes down to the tiebreaker uh, versus uh, UNCG. And ETSU uh, would go 2-0 and against them. Wofford would be 1-1. Furman would be 2-0 and versus UNCG. So that knocks Wofford out. Mm. Wofford would then be the lowest seed of the group. And then ETSU and Furman would have lost and beaten the same teams. So it goes to RPI. And Furman was, t- as of yesterday, was 214, and the Bucks were around 250-something. So you're probably not gonna that's a pretty healthy read. Western that's right. UNCG, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a healthy lead. So... In the four-way tie, that would put Chattanooga the two, Furman the three, ETSU the four, Wofford the five. Almost all these scenarios uh, is going to put ETSU in the four-five game one way or another. Now, if they're if Furman were to win, they lock up the two. Then you're looking at possible three-way tie between Wofford, Chattanooga, and ETSU. Again, we just mentioned Chattanooga would break that um, tie. Right. ETSU would. Uh, would actually be last because for that tie to happen with everybody winning, Wofford would have beaten Mercer, so then they would actually break the tiebreaker there. Then if it's a two-way tie between ETSU and Chattanooga, Chattanooga wins that tiebreaker. If it's a two-way tie, again, ETSU and Wofford, ETSU would win if both teams were to lose. If both teams were to win, Wofford would actually get that. But ETSU could pick up the three seed with uh, Wofford losing, which, again, possibility at Mercer, and then the unlikely possibility that West Carolina pulled off the upset, then ETSU would sit alone in three. So ETSU can only finish, out of all this extensive research, let me break it down for you, ETSU women's basketball can only finish as high as third. They could technically top for second in the standings. They would not like that tiebreaker. But they could finish uh, tied for second, and then the seed it would be uh, in the 4-5 game. They could be a three-seed outright. They could tie for third and then end up being a four seed. They could be the four seed outright. They could also be the fifth seed outright. They could lose a lot of tiebreakers and be the fifth seed. They obviously can't drop below five. So uh, three to five is the range, and the most likely and more of the scenarios that play out are a four or a five seed, which really just means are you wearing the home unis or away unis in Asheville on day one? You all right with that? Feel good? I just got to say, I'm very impressed. I mean, not only did you do the extensive research, you crunched all the numbers, you communicated it flawlessly. Uh, I'm not sure I've been more impressed with you on this podcast than right now. Uh, th- this that is, was incredible. I'll say, that I, and I, I am, this is one of those things where, uh, you know, we got the, the new guy in the office. Yeah. And he's sitting there watching me with papers, and I'm handwriting, and I'm, you know, and I'm blurting out without even looking at anything. And, 
and Kevin at the, didn't really want to go through it when, right. we, when we were breaking it down. And he's like, oh, there's too many things. I'm like, no, it's very easy. He's like, we well, don't know who wins that. I said, well, yeah, because we've predicted the game, so it gives everybody a record. Right. So if these things happen, and there's so many things that could jumble it up, because at first like, no, this can't happen, no, it can't happen. But what about that? And I remember he was like, you kind of live for this stuff, right? I'm like, oh no, no, no! You have no idea. Yeah. Like this is this is something that that I do enjoy. I do looking at. Matter of fact, when we we're Atlantic Sun, even sports that that I didn't really care about. Sometimes uh, uh, John Roberts, we called him Old John the Baptist, who used to work here at ETSU before he went to league office. If he had to ever break a tiebreaker, he would always send me like, "Hey, could you double check these? Could right. you could you run with this and make sure that I haven't missed a scenario that could play out?" I think it's strange for a guy that really despises math. To love this. It's yeah, kind of, no, kind of, yeah. They kind of clash, you know? Now, 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 in fairness, the numbers are low. True. Right. And, you know, and it's just wins and losses and who beat who. So, in, in reality, it's uh, a lot of people, I think, make more of it. I mean, in a four-way tie, there's six games you have to look at. So, again, num- numbers are low, this, that, and other. And then once you n- understand tiebreakers, and every league is, is a little different tiebreakers, you know, what how the Southern Conference does it is not necessarily how maybe – uh, a power five would do it or or other other uh leagues including Atlantic sun now most of them still follow a little bit of formula like you must break you know all the ties first if a tie can be broken let's break it then we'll go back and figure out the three and the four ways and then that way the seating is, is a little easier but uh you have to remember if it is a three-way tie once you break the three-way tie you got to go back to the to the two-way tie you don't just continue to break it from there because once one team is broken free right as a higher seed then they become a different part of the tiebreaker so that that being said the women's is still uh, up in the air uh the men's for etsu is a little easier because it's still simple math if Furman loses and etsu wins that is the only way etsu will be the three seed if both teams lose, Furman's still the three. Both teams win. Furman is the three, and ETSU's the four. And UNCG clinched the two last night. UNCG did clinch Citadel. the two. Obviously, Wofford is one. No other seat on the men's side is set. Not a single seat is set other than the one and the two. So, and, and I'll just say this, because it really doesn't pertain. The eight, uh, nine, and ten are not going to be teams that ETSU play, but I right. can give you very quickly that eight, nine, and ten is going to be Citadel, West Carolina, VMI, if West Carolina loses to ETSU and VMI beats Citadel, they all tie mm. for the eighth slot. And if I'm not mistaken, I think VMI wins that tiebreaker, and they go all the way from the bottom in, in two games, basically. They go from the 10th seed to the 8th seed, and then Western Carolina drops to the 10th, and then VMI and Citadel, who play Saturday, right. will turn around and play again in the 8-9 game, and then uh, West Carolina is would be sitting there for the uh, 10th seed. Now, if Citadel beats VMI and ETSU and v, uh, ETSU beats Western, and then obviously VMI would have lost to Citadel, then Citadel stays at eight, Western nine, VMI ten. Right? And I could go into a couple more with there, but again, ETSU isn't going to face any of them. So let me give you the who and scenarios that could happen because if ETSU is either the three, or the four, that means they're going to play the five or the six, right? So the three teams battling for that is Chattanooga, game ahead of Sanford and Mercer. If Sanford and Mercer win and Chat loses, that is your three-way tiebreaker. They're all at seven and eleven. Mercer actually wins that tiebreaker. They go to they go to the fifth seed. Sanford the six and Chattanooga the seven. If Chattanooga and Sanford wins and Mercer loses, Chattanooga five, Mercer six, Sanford seven. So again, uh, in the first scenario, ETSU if they're the three seed would play Sanford. If they're the four seed, play Mercer. In the second scenario, I just said if ETSU is the three, they play Mercer. If they're the four, they play Chattanooga. So they've already a couple different teams they could play there. If all three lose uh, Chattanooga by virtue of being a game better, they're going to be the fifth seed. And, again, if ETSU is the four, that's who they would play. Mercer would be the six, Sanford the seven. And if ETSU is the three, they would play Mercer. If all three win, again, Chattanooga is the five, Mercer's the six, Sanford seven. Nothing changes if they all have the same result. If Sanford wins, Chattanooga and Mercer lose, Sanford jumps up to the five, Chattanooga falls to the six, and Mercer is now in the play-in at the seven. So, again, ETSU plays Sanford or Chad. Don't like that scenario. No, I don't either. If Mercer wins, Sanford wins, Chattanooga loses, Mercer again uh, would jump up to the five. Chattanooga stays six, Sanford seven. And, yes, I've got one more. If Mercer and Chat win and Sanford loses, 
Chattanooga is the five, Mercer six, Sanford seven. That's the easiest one because all three would have different records. Right. So yeah, there's no tiebreaker. Of all. That was, and I saved that one for last because that was the easiest one to break down. So, Good call. Uh, and then ETSU, most likely, if Furman were to win, and uh, ETSU would more than like because if Furman wins, that means they are beating Chattanooga. And then that seems like that ETSU would play Mercer or Sanford and not Chattanooga. If I say, well, I guess I should say, if all three don't lose. If all three do lose, uh, then ETSU would be the four. They would play Chattanooga. Uh, but if somebody was to win and Chattanooga loses, that team is going to jump Chattanooga rather than Sanford or Mercer. And if they both win, they both uh, end up getting in the mix there. So uh, there's three teams ETSU could play, Chattanooga, Mercer, or Sanford. Still seems like the most likely is Chattanooga in the 4-5 game. Uh, if Chattanooga was able to pick up the win, ETSU goes to the three, then, then Mercer and Sanford really come into play at that point. But just looking at scenarios of how percentages are going to play out, plus Firm has been able to kind of crank it up. I really thought Sanford would get more fits yesterday. They did not. Even though Citadel hit 22 – how about this? Citadel hit 22 threes yesterday and lost. Mm. 22 threes. And lost to UNC. So, because your brain is operating at a much higher peak capacity than mine is right now, give us what ETSU fans should be cheering for tomorrow. Well, I, I, let me say you this. You want to avoid Sanford on the men's side. You and me agree on that, yes? Yes. Uh, I Here's the – I think you want to avoid Sanford. You would love to play Chattanooga or Mercer. Now, here's the key. If you really want to break it down, do you want to play those teams in the 3-6 or the four or five? Do you believe you would rather be on the same side of the bracket as UNCG and maybe face Wofford or Furman in the title game? Or do you want to be on the same side as Wofford and face UNCG or Furman in the title game? There are people that, and I think ETSU matches up the best with Wofford, as weird as that sounds. I think that's that doesn't mean that's who you want to play. But I think matchup-wise, that's the best matchup for ETSU. Now, they always beat Furman in the Southern Conference Tournament. That's literally what they've done since... Uh, Murray Barto and Steve Forbes have been here. They just beat Furman, so that's, that's what they do. UNCG, you know, one on one in title games versus one another, and they've been uh, pretty much dogfights either way. And ETSU has lost four in a row to them. I think they've lost six of eight now uh, to UNCG. Now again, they got swept a couple years ago, went in the championship game. And one, so I think it depends on. So you're flipping things because previously you said that you would want to be in the two three so you could avoid Wofford. Now you're thinking that you are fine with seeing Wofford in the semis. You just don't want to see UNCG. I don't know. It just depends. I mean, listen. I think you've you've got to beat two of the. Th- I, I do not see, and I know there's some bad matchups in here for each team, and, and I'll be curious because Mercer usually plays UNCG very tough, and they're gonna play them at home Saturday so we're kind of seeing what and maybe what is Bob Hoffman's last home game stand but I'm curious to see what Mercer does with UNCG at their place and then they could even turn around and meet each other you know in the second round because if Mercer falls as a seven they would be in that two seven matchup right so that makes it a difficult plus Samford could get in there where they're the sixth seed and they've already beaten Furman once, and they could play Furman. So they're, and, and Sanford gives ETSU fits. Uh, let's be honest about that. So there are certain teams that just matchups that, that I think teams would like to avoid. Citadel is another one of those teams, you know, because they're going to play an 8-9 or the 7-10. They're going to have a game underneath their belt. They could get hot from the night before and carry that momentum over. I don't know if you remember, but they gave Wofford fits uh, last year in the quarterfinals, and Wofford really had to put them away in the last minute to win that game. And then, of course, they had the dramatic Fletcher McGee missing uh, three good looks to, to end the game, and UNCG held on for a victory there. So I, I think it just depends. I mean, you got to beat two of the three. So I, I don't know that particularly matters. I guess my question is, do you – Sounds like you want to see Furman most. I do. Yeah. I really do. And and I there's part of me that says, okay, ETSU, clearly UNCG has been a little tougher matchup for him. So do you – want to just now they've been close they've been seven they've been one i would argue three points and there's several things that could turn the tide on why etsu could beat uncg my thing is is if you do get to play wofford in the semifinals and you are able to win that and Furman is a great matchup for uncg because just like wofford they can sit there and knock down three after three and they got a big power forward that can throw over the top of the defense 
and if Furman beat UNCG, then ETSU Furman title game to me that that rings music to my ears because I feel like that's that's uh, certainly not a lock in sports, but I, th- I I love that matchup the most. Um, that being said, the toughest and more likely matchup is probably ETSU Wofford. I don't know that Furman is going to lose at chat, but I think ETSU will have to play Wofford in the semis, and then you know UNCG Furman will duke it out. And if it's UNCG, I kind of like the matchup because ETSU has not hit threes versus. UNCG this season I think that's been the biggest I know everyone wants to point to free throws and it certainly has been a a difference maker because they're shooting uh, virtually 50 percent and you look at the the missed free throws I think are 18 missed free throws in the two games so certainly you could look at the points there but I think if ETSU were able to hit seven eight nine threes in that championship game against UNCG or UNCG in the semifinals I think that's what you would want to see recap the scenario for me on the women's side because I would like to see Wofford in the first I th- round. And I think that's the most likely. Okay. Uh, uh, the reason why I say it's the most likely, because let's be honest, I think Chattanooga is going to beat Western Carolina. Right. Uh, Furman, Wofford, ETSU, if they get in a three-way tie, which would have to be um, Wofford would win. Wofford would actually jump up to the three because they would have beaten Mercer. Mm. Furman then drops all the way from two to four. Mm. And then ETSU uh, would, would be um, the five seed, and then they play Furman. More than likely, uh, I think either uh, – well, I don't know about more than likely, but I think ETSU is going to be the four and Wofford's going to be the five. I think Wofford is going to lose to Mercer. I think Chattanooga is going to win. They win the tiebreaker with ETSU. I think Furman can beat Sanford. So I think it the, the most likely scenario is ETSU-Wofford in the four or five game, and more than likely ETSU is the four and Wofford the five. And I don't think you or me have a problem with seeing pretty much anybody on the women's side. I, I really because, don't. Just I, because I'm, it is so parity laden. I'm not – there's, there's not once – like there's a little bit of pause, you know, just because of different matchups for the men. I don't, I've don't. i not seen a women's game this year or a women's team this year that I think is a tremendously bad matchup for ETSU. And I certainly think when they get to Asheville in the home home court advantage is always usually to the Bucks. I really feel like that's going to help. Mercer, you had the lead on the road at half. Then you took him to overtime at your place. Furman, you beat him at your place and then took him to overtime and then turned in a tremendous amount of clips to the league office about calls that were missed, including the Erica Haynes-Overton foul call that she was 20 feet away from the ball. Uh, Chattanooga, you played him tight until the last two minutes at the roundhouse, then at Brooks Gym, one by ten. Wofford, you lost on the road by three, though came back furiously as the Terriers ran out of steam, beat them by 13 at home, had the biggest quarter in your program's history by scoring 39 points. Uh, UNCG, uh, you beat them by nine at your house, and then on the road you obviously have them Saturday, carrying some momentum from the Western Carolina game. Western, we already know, uh, has no wins in the league. Sanford, you beat by 21. They had their best game against you. So, again, I mean, going through all of them, and I think we did just touch on every single team, uh, Mercer, Chattanooga, Furman, Wofford, Sanford, UNCG, and Western, I have no issues seeing it. I I really don't. And, again, you're probably going to have to – somebody's going to have to beat Mercer, um, you know, and ETSU more likely than 4-5 would get them in the semifinals. I think that's a good time to beat them as any. Sure. Uh, And – I just feel like that this is the most wide open the women's have been. Mercer's done just enough to win. Does the streak get to them? Does some of the luck that they have had? And, again, I believe you make your own luck, okay? I know it's very popular. People say, ah, they got lucky. You know, generally there's a reason why teams get lucky at the end of games all the time. It's not because the Golden Horseshoes, because of stuff that they do and prepare and everything that goes into that. We're not so, ripping Mercer's streak. It's very impressive. Oh, like, and, there's no and, doubt. And, but there have been games that have been really, really tight at the end. And they have done what nobody else has done. I mean, they went through the league uh, gauntlet last year really unscathed, and now they've done it again yep. this year. Without with, a WNBA draft pick. With, with, <laughs> yes, without one of the best talents that's come through the Southern Conference and able to do it again. So, has just done an outstanding job of doing that. So, I just feel like that, that I'm not – trying no. to disrespect what they've done because it's certainly been impressive for two straight seasons. They are just not as dominant as they were. Last year, I, it was one of those where, you know, you wouldn't say it, but you're like, they're just going to – I mean, you're going to have to, you're gonna have, to have a complete game and maybe have them just be off, not just your best, but you need help right. for every team. This year, it is not that way. I think you can play your best and then play – most to their best and still beat them uh, and for any team i i mean I, I don't see i think Furman and Furman had a good shot 
you know, uh, was that last night? Yeah, last night. They played last night, had a good shot. I think Wofford has a decent shot. You know, again, Chattanooga's Chattanooga. Uh, you know, I know they've struggled the last couple of seasons, but still that is a team that has rich tradition. So I'm not I'm not really scared for the women to, to play anybody. No. Um, I think they're going to be in the 4-5. I think they're going to play Wofford, and I think they'll have to play Mercer in the second round because West Carolina, I will say this, they won't scare anybody. But other than them, I think right. the other seven teams could give everybody a fight. And I think you could see some upsets on the women's side. And I don't think it would be that outlandish to see a 1-6, a 4-6, a 5-3 championship right. game. So, something that just doesn't make sense. And, and ETSU was a part of that Atlantic Sun Conference that one year. Uh, there was a four-way tie for first. ETSU was a game out in fifth. And the eight seed beat the one. ETSU was the five, beat the four. They ended up playing the eight, beat the eight, mm-hmm. and then they played the six in wow. the title game. So you played uh, a four, an eight, and a six en route to an NCAA tournament. So I've seen strange things like that. It wouldn't, other than the eight, it would not shock me if there were some big numbers on the board in that championship game that you really are not supposed to see. Great work by you. Yeah, Excellent. All right, we're going to come back. We'll talk about the actual game, ETSU versus UNCG on the women's side, ETSU versus West Carolina on the men's side. After this timeout, Santa's sidekick on the Buccaneers. Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Brightridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Brightridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com.
Sanderson, the sidekick, back with you. Now that Mike's head isn't spinning, we can break down uh, Saturday's games. The women and the men play at the, I think, the exact same time, don't they? Correct. 4 o'clock UNCG on the women's side is uh, ETSU on the road. Men's side, it's senior day, Western Carolina. Real quick, we've already talked about uh, the women. Why don't we stick there uh, and uh, just kind of finish that thought and we'll transition into the men quickly. But certainly ETSU uh, uh, entertaining game at home, I think a nine-point win. Uh, versus UNCG the first time. What can we expect to see Saturday? Well, Mike Sheets had a career high in that game, 22 points on 11 shots, went 3-6 from outside, four steals for Micah of the eight that ETSU had, three assists, two rebounds. Erica Haynes-Overton was her typical um, incredible self out there, 28 points, four, uh, five rebounds, excuse me, three assists, and he also had double-figure performances from Kaya Upton and Brittany Snowden. They got anything that they wanted offensively to DTSU and also held UNCG to 27% in the first half from the floor, out-rebounded the Spartans by seven, uh, points off turnovers had 17, second-chance points 12, points in the paint plus 12 on the fast break, which is something that ETSU I, I really think has done well in conference season. They have used that pace that I think Brittany Azell and her team wanted to use a lot of the non-conference season and maybe didn't uh, use it effectively or as effectively effectively as they have in the conference season. So uh, on the fast break, they were great, and really it was a rather comfortable win. Uh, they were up by nine after the first quarter, and then really the teams just kind of exchanged blows back and forth the rest of the way. Tasia Twitty had 24 for UNCG. Nadine Solomon, who's one of the best players in the Southern Conference, undoubtedly she will be a first-team all-conference selection when those come out next week. 22 points and 10 rebounds, and Twitty also had a double-double. So there are some pieces for UNCG. That being said, though, uh, they just have not gotten the results against teams of ETSU's echelon. And keep in mind, I'm not putting the Bucks on a pedestal, an undeserved pedestal. I mean, let's remember that they're going for double-digit wins on the year on Saturday. It hasn't been the year that they would have liked when it comes to wins and losses. But when I say a team of this echelon, I just talk about Division One teams, UNCG, going into the game that they played against ETSU had like four D2 wins and then or not on D1 wins I should say and then some tight ones against like big south teams and so the Spartans are just not at the level or of the talent of ETSU I don't think and certainly when you look down low the Bucks, this is another game where they can really assert their authority whether it be Lexus Spears Brittany Snowden was coming off back-to-back double doubles uh, and she's got three double doubles this year now and she's playing her best and had a chance to talk with her before the game uh, on Thursday when we were down in uh, whoever they played last night. Where was it? Western? I'm just kind of foggy. Western Carolina in Cullowee. She said, you know, I'm just leaving it all on the court. You know, there, there's nothing after this for me in basketball, and so why not make sure that if I can't get out of bed the day after the basketball season's over, at least I knew that it was because everything that I had was given to the cause, given to ETSU and given to my collegiate career, which I think is absolutely awesome. So it's going to be tips, it's going to be Spears, it's going to be Brittany Snowden, and then obviously the guards had their way, 61 combined points for the starting guards of Micah Sheets, Kaya Upson, and Erica Haynes-Overton the first time around. There's kind of two distinct games that ETSU has played this year. It's either where they dominate pretty much everywhere or – they have a game that's close at the end where they just fall short and you look back and you're like, well, there are probably a couple areas that could have changed the game. ETSU will make sure to hit their free throws this time around. I don't have any question about that because they hit 75% against UNCG, only 50% yesterday against Western Carolina. That was the big area Brittany Azell talked about postgame. The Bucks are coming off back-to-back performances where they have allowed their least points on the year to an opponent, 50 against Sanford, 41 against Western Carolina. So they're on point defensively right now. Hit your free throws. Do some of the things that you did against UNCG the first time around, and I think you're going to be all right. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be the big thing. Uh, they did a great job of uh, sort of holding the three-point shooting of UNCG at bay that first time around. I don't think UNCG hit a three till midway through the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, really did a good job of holding them there. I think it's they're going to need some scoring. That's been the problem, right, on the road. They've got to – try to get to that 70, 75 point. I know the last couple of games, uh, Furman, Wofford, now Western, they've, they've, the scoring numbers have come up. But I think it's gonna if they're going to win, it's going to be more on the shootout side of things as opposed to a 
60 to 55. That's the game UNCG likes is that low scoring, really muddle it up, make it ugly. And that's not a game I want for ETSU. They've gone 74 and 72 on the road their last two games. So as you said, they're starting to emerge. Granted, the level of competition maybe is a bit lower than some of the other games that they've faced on the road. But they're rolling really in every sense uh, away from home right now as best uh, as good as they've played really away from Brooks Gym. So it's a good sign going into the season finale. Taking a look at the men's side of things, they play Western Carolina and now it's senior day. James Harrison's going to get some action. I know your one of your bold predictions is tied to him. You're going to need him to go for like eight for eight, <laughs> nine for nine. At least he's going to have to do something like that to to get to there. Now, last time they played, of course, it was the Patrick Good Show. He had eleven threes and really got overshadowed. Was Milan's uh, Milan Armas twenty one and twelve yeah. uh, point and rebound performance in which him and Carlos Dotson was just a great battle down low. Uh, Dotson finished with 15 points, 11 rebounds, but just 6 of 12 from the floor, 3 of 8 from the free throw line. Milan Armas was an impressive 9 of 13, but not very good from the line as well. He was 3 of 7. But any other day, you're talking about Milan Armas, but it was just the 11-3 outburst by Patrick Good. His health, obviously, up in air. He's going to play. We'll have to see how he's going. I know he hasn't practiced a lot the last couple of days. Uh, I know Coach Forbes said that he was going to try at least get him to go live defensively just so he's familiar on what they're trying to do there. But West Carolina's got some nice pieces. Carlos Dotson's got, I think, uh, 13, 14 double-doubles. He only trails – uh, Jerome Rodriguez in wow. the league for most double doubles. Uh, another uh, Cameron Gibson is one of the best freshmen in the league. He went for twenty eight against ETSU, nine for twelve, five of six from three, five of five from the line. A, f- a name familiar locally, uh, Matt Halverson, uh, of course, uh, started his career at Dobbins Bennett, went to Christ School in Asheville, now at West Carolina. His brother Todd was on uh, the team three or four years at ETSU. So uh, those three very. Uh, integral parts to the offense. They've still got a couple of guys that can score it. Ono Stager's a guy that's had some big games for him. Marcus Thomas, for whatever reason, doesn't have big games against ETSU, but he's been known to throw 20-pointers on the board every fourth or fifth outing for some reason. Uh, and then there's some some oldie but goodies where you're looking at the Mark Goslins and Adam Sleds of the of the world. It just seems like they've been there for a while for Western. But really, the three guys that make them go, Dotson, the inside guy, and then the two outsides, uh, Halverson and Gibson. And Halverson's more of the spot-up shooter. Gibson's a little bit more of a uh, – he can – all three levels, right? He can shoot threes. He can drive. Uh, pull up jumpers nice he can get to the rim so he can score on all three different levels so you got three and that's what makes a team difficult especially if you've got a guy on the inside you got a guy on the outside plus a guy can drive and kick and again marcus thomas can shoot it out there josh cottrell's another guy that uh is starting to get a little more action but just feel like that if etsu on senior day back home knowing uh you know of course not ETSU hasn't finished the year. I think the last two years they've ended the regular season with a loss. They lost at UNCG, and then last year, of course, they lost three straight at home. So they certainly want to change the formula now. They've been to the title game all those years and even won it one year, but they still need to change the formula, I think, Mike, and try to get some momentum going into Asheville and Western Carolina, a team that traditionally uh, you just beat up on. Traditionally, and you may think this is preposterous, and tell me if you do think so, but the problem with playing Western Carolina right now is I think they're playing their best that they have in conference play. I mean, they beat Citadel by 21, took UNCG to overtime, and, of course, Francis Alonzo had that game winner in OT. And then the loss to VMI at home, obviously, that's not good. That's really the head scratch. They have two losses to VMI. That's really the head scratch. Yeah. Bubba Parham went for 38. I mean, he had an Oof. excellent day. Uh, you had Carlos Dotson on 14 shots get 27 and 12. Stager had 19 and 11. And then Marcus Thomas, who I don't think is a guy that you're usually going to chalk up for 21 points, he put up 21 on 7 to 12 from the field. I mean, they – Outside of those three, it was ugly. But those three really kept them in the game. And, yes, they gave VMI at that time their second win of the year. But, again, I mean, for a Western Carolina program that does traditionally have some issues, I think those last three games are pretty decent results. For any other team, you lose to VMI at home and you're just kind of like – Wow, I'm gonna have to pack it in. Yeah, but I, I for mean, Western Carolina, it's just like you know, you're within five. You beat Citadel. You're coming off an overtime du- double overtime at Furman, right? And I think we know how tough it is to play there, right? Right. <laughs> so they they lost a double overtime there. I mean, they've beaten uh, Sanford. They've beaten the Citadel. They've beaten uh, Chattanooga at Chattanooga. It's first time in the history of the school they've won back to back years at Chattanooga. Wow. Never had a win streak at Chattanooga at Chattanooga ever. So when that and they put 105 on the board in that game. Yeah. And again, so. Uh, and then I guess oh they swept Citadel so uh, there's just you know th- 
they've been tight in some games. They have one or two head scratchers. Again, I don't know why v, VMI, just the matchup, I guess, but VMI just has Western Carolina's number this year. So uh, certainly not a gimme. Uh, Western Carolina, certainly for Coach Prosser, is competing. Bubba Parham is averaging 35.5 per game against Western Carolina. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he had 33 well, in the do first matchup. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I could do it. Uh, but, yeah, so it's 4 o'clock, 3.30 airtime here on the Buccaneer Sports Network. I don't think that Patrick Good's going to go off for a score record in three-pointers again. So my short and quick and dirty on this one is that you have to have other guys step up and have a more complete team effort rather than just Patrick Good and Milad and Arbus. is very capable of that. I, I, no, I believe so, and I believe they've got to control the inside game with Dotson. I think if they let him start dominating, so then it's – then you got to start collapsing and leaving shooters. I think if Maladin Armas, who was on him a majority of the time, can just stay on him and not need help, I think that's going to help ETSU out in that game tremendously. All right, that'll do it. One more segment to go here on Sanders and the Sidekick. Bold predictions up after this time out to hear a word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. Member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bry guy, what'd you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Ooh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Yeah, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. No, 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 no. Because you had that look. When you heard it, you heard yourself talk about Witten. I saw you look at me. No. He is no longer going to but Monday he Night went, Football. But he went. But you he said failed. There's no way. You said there's no way, no chance he's going. I saw that look. I love where your head's at. You know I love cheating the system more than anybody. No. I think I can see into the future. Oh, my gosh. I have been so unbelievable in the last week at predictions that I feel like everything I touch turns to gold. I might have to make a prediction about Jason Witten this coming season. 
how ill-fated is it going? Him going that? I, I just think it's a terrible idea. Three point five mil for a year. I mean, can't hate that. Although he was probably making close yeah, to that. I think in the he booth. was making about three. Yeah. In the booth, so either this was a hey, it's not working out. How would you like to approach this? Well, I'm just going to go back and play. Like, did somebody give him an out? Mm. Did he see the writing on the wall himself, or did he just say, you know, Dallas could be really good next year? I'm in there. There were some headlines that read Jason Witten had to leave the booth before he became a laughingstock. And I was like, wow. The fact that a mm. color analyst can become mm. a laughingstock and that yeah. big of a punchline is shocking and a ridiculous revelation, I think, that it I, can be that bad. I just say this. I, I, you are the guy. His personality never struck me as a guy that would go into that business. Right. Uh, he just uh, good know, guy. Not I, I could see more of a you know an analyst sitting at a desk you know studio work. I could see that. I just his personality and on the big stage. That, that's part of the problem is you know sometimes you, you you hit and miss right. So they they hit it with Tony Romo. It's worked out well. But a lot of times guys may do a year or two and then jump into the the booth like that. As far as you know, Monday night would be a huge massive jump, but either way, he's going he's gonna to go back to football. You don't get credit for it. Either him. way, I feel brilliant. Yeah, uh, there's I'm no sure question about sure it. I mean, Jason Witten, about a, a year ahead of time, I say he's not going to Monday Night Football, and a year later, he's not on Monday Night Football. That, if we're looking at a 365-day and 360-degree view of this bold prediction, I mean, mm-hmm. how can you doubt it? How All can right. you doubt it? I'm going to start with the women, because I know I'm losing. So, uh, 17 bold predictions I've gotten correct. You've gotten 12 correct. Uh, 17 and 12, I didn't sound right. Yeah, uh, I thought I was 12, at 14. You're 12. No. I thought I was at 14. <laughs> not even close. You're 12. Actually, 12 is close to 14, but the way you predict, that is not even close. Uh, 12 of 62. So you're under 200 again, where I am 17 of 62. Did you get two last week? Two out of four, technically, because I had that second. Or so I'm 17 of 63. I had that second bowl prediction about the women beating Mercer, and it took them to overtime again. I mean, it's Rain Manning predictions, but. You know, couldn't do that one. So 17 63, which is uh, approaching once again 300. Not quite there, but approaching. Go ahead. Go with your prediction. I see that you're very hesitant to do so because you know that. No, I'm going to go. Uh, she has to hit all of these or better. Eric Haynes over. Okay. 20 points. Okay. Five rebounds. Okay. Three assists. Two steals. And it should be clarified that yesterday she had a very similar stat line, though you did point out when we were talking about this off air. Well, my she has to hit all four. Yeah, my prediction wouldn't have been correct because she went 18, 7, 5, and 2. So she came very close and really on the average probably got there, but not literally in every yeah, category. Yeah, has to have every category. I, I think for for this to work the way it is, I okay. think you have to hit all four. If you go if I go 3 and 1, it's a it's a pat on the back for a good effort, but no no full credit. Got to have all four of those over those totals for it to count. It's your Jason Witten, I understand. Yes, I understand. Uh, Micah Sheets is going to go for yet another career high against mm-hmm. UNCG. She got hers earlier this year against the Spartans by going for 22. She's someone that when she gets hot, she starts to feel the confidence, starts to score in bunches. Went 18, 19, 21 to open the conference season. And as she's closing the conference season with that 21-point effort against Western Carolina yesterday, I think she has another big Saturday and gets – I say 22 or more, so tie, now I'll say 23 or more. A career high. No tie in the career high. If it's 22, it's not enough. 23 or more for Micah Sheets, and she gets her career high for the second time against UNCG. I'm going to go. It's only happened eight times, but one time it was just Patrick Good by himself that ETSU has had double-digit threes in a game. This is what you went for last week. Too. I know. Yeah. And because I, think, I like it. I think if they're going to win a championship – they're going to have to hit threes, uh, especially against UNCG, and I think they're going to have to hit some against Wofford because Wofford just hit so many at a high clip. I think they could actually beat Furman without hitting a ton of threes. And I mean, the, and granted, both games were blowouts, but when ETSU did blow out Furman, they were just seven of twenty-nine from three and shot twenty-four percent, and still won by a large margin. So I still think they could win. Uh, that and when they lost at Wofford, they hit nine threes and lost. And then when they uh, lost at home, it was ten made threes. And against UNCG, they've hit seven for twenty-two and three for fifteen. So I, I think they need. I think they need to get the outside shooting going. 
I think certainly if Patrick Good's not healthy, who else can step up and do that? And and a big key to this is assuming that Patrick Good can hit two or three at least, maybe four, to kind of help that out. Oh, yeah, you got to have a couple guys with multiples. Uh, senior day, you hope maybe ETSU gets off to a good start, and maybe you can get a Kavon Tucker out there to knock a couple down, maybe Williamson. I mean, st- you know, even if Hodges throws one on the board, that would help out too. But I'm going to go double-digit threes because I think ETSU needs to start shooting better from the outside. Monday's guest on the show is James Harrison, and on his senior day, double-digit points for James oh, Harrison. He is going to dominate inside for Western Carolina. And Steve Forbes is someone that, and he said this on air before to you and just to some others, when there's a record or when there's a really big day coming for someone, he, he wants to get them the ball. He intentionally draws up plays for them, gets the person that has the hot hand the ball, or someone that has a big day you know, ahead of him like James Harrison does. It's, he's the one and only senior. That means you don't really have to spread the wealth. When ETSU, and I'm going to use the word when, when ETSU is up big late against Western Carolina, I think not only will you see James Harrison early on because it's a senior day, but he'll have the chance to come back in late, probably get a significant amount of minutes. Very good in the offensive end. Double-digit points, James Harrison. I like it. Uh, random bowl prediction, and, I, you know, I've been on the Texas Tech train. <laughs> okay. All right, they're 11th in the country, 23-5, and 11-4 and four in the Big 12, and I think Jamie Dixon and TCU, the Horn Frogs. Mm, that's where Jamie Dixon is now, huh? Yeah. Wow. He's six and nine in league plays. They got to be out of the year. bubble, or are they not even? They are. Uh, no, they're eighteen and ten, but they're six and nine in league play. A little bit off the bubble, and, and I think they're. Uh, this would help. Sure. Uh, I think this would help, but I'm going to go TCU upsets the eleventh ranked Red Raiders. The headlining game on ESPN, ten o'clock on Saturday night. The number one Zags of Gonzaga are facing St. Mary's, and you know I've talked very, very kindly about St. Mary's over the last couple of weeks on our mid-major top 25 on Tuesday. That's always the last segment of the show, and I think St. Mary's reignites the rivalry out west between Gonzaga and the Gales, and now in second place, one versus two in the West Coast Conference, it is St. Mary's pulling the upset, and I think Jordan Ford in that win is going to score 30-plus, 21 and a half per game. I also think I'm not... Uh, this isn't going to count, but I'll give you a bonus one, I think, uh, just because everybody doesn't want Clemson in the tournament, that Clemson will upset North Carolina, and then that will give them the false sense of their – they will be put in because of a home win in Little John Coliseum against uh, Carolina. How about this? If that happens, I'll give it to you, but there's no penalty if it doesn't. And if Jordan Ford gets 30 and the Gales win, I get an extra one, but there's no penalty. Yeah, I'll with that. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, prediction. By the way, uh, Texas Tech won about 20 the first time they played. Probably should do a little more research on it. All right. Bold predictions over with. Good show. I uh, hope your head isn't hurting from all the uh, scenarios I threw out at you. Gonzaga won 94 to 46 over St. Mary's. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're looking good. Hey, bounce back. Bounce back. That's why you get to play at home. All right. Be fun week in to come. We'll recap all that was uh, next week. Plus, we'll turn our attention fully to the Southern Conference Tournament. A lot of good guests next week on the show. It's been fun this week. Don't forget you can download the show SoundCloud. You can subscribe to RSSP through iTunes. That way you get the notification when it's done. Back next week, more Sanderson Sidekick. Out of the bucket here. Work, work. See you.